right. How's everyone doing today? Wow. It must be Monday. Uh, two kids were uh, at church getting ready to pray, and so they both knelt down. They thought, what do we pray? So they said, Lord's Prayer. So the one kid started, Our Father, who art in heaven. The other kid said, Wait, wait, wait. God's name is Art? <laughs> no, his name's not Art. His name is Howard. His name's Howard? Yeah, Howard be thy name. <laughs> An old joke. We used to perform it as a skit. Really lame and cheesy, but it's interesting to talk about this particular uh, petition of the Lord's Prayer. It's interesting because it was a model prayer. It was uh, a way that Jesus said, pray in this manner, and so it helps us understand a little bit about the person that we're talking to, and it helps us uh, understand kind of who he is, uh, as well as giving us a model. But I have to admit, the phrase, hallowed be thy name, is not a phrase that we are normally accustomed to. Uh, Familiarity breeds contempt, meaning that the more we know something, the less likely we are to really unpack its meaning and and really have it hit our hearts. I, I admit I am one of those people that when I start praying the Lord's Prayer, it goes something like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, I wonder what I'm having for lunch today. Thy kingdom. And my mind starts wandering, and I really don't even know. I'm just saying these words out loud. I have no idea what they mean. And so then uh, I get assigned, hallowed be thy name. And I'm like, this is the most exciting part of the Lord's prayer, said no one ever. So I'm like, well, this is great. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it on. I'm going to see what it says. I'm going to try to really understand what it means. I am a pastor. I probably should have had this done before. So let's figure this thing out. Hallowed be thy name. First of all, hallowed be thy name. I started looking up the word hallowed, and I decided, first of all, just to do a quick little search in my NIV translation, and guess how many times the word hallowed shows up in the New Testament? Uh, Technically twice, but it's really only once in the Lord's Prayer, and that's it, hallowed. Every other time, this, this Greek word that's used is always translated something different. I'm wondering, why hallowed? This doesn't really make any sense, and then I realized it's probably a holdover from King James. It's just what we're used to saying. So the NIV translators kept it. So I'm like, well, what does it mean? What does Halloween mean? And so I start looking it up, and I'm looking at the Greek, because that's what I have to do to impress people like Pastor Brighton. And, uh, and so I, he knows a lot more than me, by the way. So if I say anything wrong and he corrects me, he is right. Uh, and so I started looking at this, and I started finding out some interesting ways that this word is used all throughout the New Testament. It talks about something being hallowed, something being holy. And we just sang about it, right? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Well, I'm like, well, what does that mean? So I find out, okay, well, it also means uh, set apart. It um, also means uh, consecrated. It, it also means uh, special and unique, to be revered. Uh, often when it's used of human beings, it's talked about being sanctified, something that is uh, growing and maturing in righteousness. And I'm like, this is very interesting. So we got Hallowed, so we'll just use the shorthand. Holy, holy is the name. And then I started wondering, well, what does that mean? What does it mean when we say that God's name is holy? Well, you start taking a look at that and you realize that when someone has a name, it means something a little bit more than just how people address them on a daily basis to distinguish them from every other person sitting around them. 
So when people come up and call me Mark, they're identifying who I am as a person, but I don't think my parents really had anything special in mind when they called me Mark. They just wanted a name that was a boy's name that began with the letter M. How special is that? I did come to find out that Mark, I think, is apt. I am aptly named that because Mark means mighty warrior. (laughs) Mighty warrior. Yeah, it's good stuff. So uh, how come we've switched this whole concept that the name, why is God's name to be holy? And uh, you could take this in a couple of ways. Now, for, for Jewish people, and, and for them back in these days, they started uh, really making sure that they treated the name Yahweh. They, they treated it very special. Even to this day, they will do things to make sure that the name, the actual name is something holy. It's something they won't even utter out loud. They won't even type it out if you go onto Jewish uh, websites. Uh, like one that I love to frequent that does give me great information. It's uh, J-E-W-F-A-Q, JewFAQ.org, run by uh, rabbinical ra- ra- rabbis. It's, it's wonderful to find out. And they'll write that G-D. They won't even put the O in there because God's name is so hallowed, you're not even supposed to pronounce that. And I go, well, is that really what is being talked about in this, and then you come to find out that the name has a lot more to do with the characteristics, the, uh, the identifying markers, and especially for uh, biblical characters, this actually took on real intense meaning, such as Jacob being a heel grabber because he grabbed Esau's heel. Esau was named Esau because he was red, he was hairy, Okay, this starts making sense. So God is saying that my characteristics, my identity, who I am, is I am holy. And this, of course, wonderfully ties back to the second commandment. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. We're going to try and understand exactly what that means when we're talking about God's name being holy. So if God's name is holy, why is he teaching us this? Is God forgetful? Is this something like we're praying and we're saying, our Father in heaven, your name is holy, and God's up there like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot, thank you so much, that was wonderful information that you gave to me. No, absolutely not. Of course, that would be ridiculous. So you ask the question again, why? Why would we have to say God's name is holy. I have a suspicion, like most prayers, it's for our benefit primarily. Now, don't get me wrong. God's name being called holy is an important thing because we are praising, we are adoring, we are worshiping. But when you think about um, how that then affects us, we have to start asking the question, well, well, what does that mean then? what are we supposed to do with it? Who who actually cares that God's name is holy? With the second commandment, happens to be one of the commandments I think is probably the most misunderstood and the most horribly applied. Just my opinion. Like I said, Pastor Brighton will correct me later on. In the second commandment, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. We have been taught that what that means is don't say things like, 
oh my gosh, with a D on the end of it. (laughs) Or gosh darn it, with other words being put in there. And it's interesting because uh, even the NIV writers kind of picked up on this because we say, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And uh, the NIV translators of Exodus 20 says, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And I'm like, misuse? I'm like, where did that word come from? Up, So I looked up in the original Hebrew, because that's what I have to do to impress Pastor Brighton. And so as I looked up this original word, I found out that this word actually has something very interesting when it talks about taking the name, the holy, set-apart, consecrated, perfect, wonderful name of God. This name is holy, that's what we pray, and yet do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And we find out that the word take means something very interesting. The word take could also be translated as lift up, carry, or burden upon oneself. Do not take upon yourself the name of God in vanity, um, flippantly, mm, casually. When you and I, who have taken the name of God, if we are Christian and we uh, have been marked in the waters of baptism, and we have God's name sealed upon our forehead and upon our heart through the cross of Christ, if we have the name, we should not bear that name casually, flippantly, in vain, because God's name is his identity. We should not misrepresent God. Some of you may know my wife. Uh, for those of you who don't know my wife, her name is Heather. Uh, she is, uh, we've been married for coming up now on 25 years, married by Pastor Mark Brighton. I'm trying to go for a record to see how many times I can reference him during a chapel message. It's just, I thought of it just while I'm doing this. So uh, we were, And we were married right here, and I, I wish you could uh, know a little bit more about my wife. My wife happens to be probably the most annoying woman in the world. Uh, she's, she's, I don't know, she's kind of like sandpaper. She, um, she's not very friendly. She rubs people the wrong way all the time. Like if you came up to her and were like, oh, hey, give me a hug, she'd be like, how about a firm handshake instead? And, you know, when I think about uh, my marriage, I have to admit it's sometimes disappointing. Uh, she's very demanding, And when that all happens, it sometimes makes me wonder, why in the world am I even in a relationship with this woman? Now, of course, if any of you know Heather, you know that everything I said was a bold-faced lie. (laughs) That is not Heather at all. If she saw you and happened to know your cousin's uncle's hairdresser, she's probably going to give you a hug. If you come up to her and happen to have any sort of pulse or breathing going on in your body, she's probably going to give you a hug. She's going to want to know you, and she's going to want to know all about you. So what did I do? Now, by the way, did I start making anyone feel uncomfortable a little bit talking about my wife that way? <laughs> Some of you are like taping this and sending it to her now. You will not believe what your husband just said to you. <laughs> it's part of the story. I'm just, stay with me here. Um, what did I do when I misrepresented Heather. 
And again, I didn't just misrepresent her name, I misrepresented her character. I misrepresented who she was, the, the DNA of her. Uh, it makes people uncomfortable. And then I start talking about the marriage and we start thinking about this relationship and, 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 and things that I say and then things that I do if I do it in such a way that misrepresents who she is and our relationship, would you not say that's a problem? Would you not say that's a big deal? I would say so. And this is what's being talked about in the second commandment. Do not misuse, misrepresent, don't have your life be something that tells others something that God is not. If I were to take a poll of uh, people who have a casual or no relationship with the church or Christians whatsoever, what might they say about Christians and then following that, what would they say about God because of how we live and who we represent? Might we get some words like, God must be judgmental? God must be angry? God must not care about Sin, God is uninterested in my life. God is not very friendly. When we say, holy is God's name, when we say, have we taken the name of the Lord in vain, have we misrepresented God by our actions, by our words, saying things to other people, Maybe we've misrepresented our relationship with God, telling people that it's disappointing, we don't really like it. God is very demanding. He's got a lot of rules for us to follow. And you start thinking to yourself, maybe, just maybe, the, what we're doing is not a very good thing when it comes to who God is. So the question is, who is God, really? Well, God is loving. God is forgiving. God is holy and separate, unique, special, set apart. God is interested. God is not distant. He's intricately involved. And when we start seeing this is who God is to me, then the question is, how do I portray this to the world? Because when I say holy is God's name, Am I representing that holiness and that wonder and that love to my friends, to my family, to my professors, the staff, the support staff, to everyone around? Are we people that hallow God's name by how we live? Because I'll tell you something. God has set us apart. He's made us unique. He's declared us holy. He's consecrated us for a special purpose, and he loves, and he forgives. Even when we misrepresent him, he is ready to forgive and give grace. So, when we say, our Father, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, there's much more there about how we are to live as children of the most heavenly Father. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, uh, forgive us for the times that we have misrepresented you when we have uh, failed to uh, follow um, this prayer. When we have failed to live as people set apart, failed to honor you as holy. 
And we thank you that even in spite of all of that, you still call us into relationship with you. So Lord, we thank you that your name is holy, that you are wonderful, that you are perfect, that you care, that you love and forgive. And may we reflect that and never take your name ever in vain. In Jesus' holy name, amen.